0: Oxen that rattle the yoke and chain or halt in the leafy shade, what is that you express in your eyes? It seems to me more than all the print I have read in my life. From Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Awanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. Awanajo is an Algonquian word which means small, misty mountain. And this is the almanac for, now let me see, July the 22nd, to the 29th, 2005, and we're in the last quarter of the buck moon and summer weather. Here's some calendar events for this quarter moon that might be of interest to you. July 22nd is the feast day of St. Mary Magdalene, history's most renowned fallen woman, and according to tradition, the one person who was with Jesus when he was executed and first saw him on Easter morning. July 23rd is the anniversary of Henry David Thoreau's being arrested and thrown in jail for one night by Concord Constable Sam Staples for not paying several years' poll tax in protest against the role of the state of Massachusetts in perpetuating slavery. The poll tax was paid that same evening by an anonymous person, probably Thoreau's aunt, The next morning, Thoreau was thrown out of jail when he refused to leave voluntarily. Well, here's some natural events for this quarter moon. Uh, One early evening during this first quarter moon, we were sitting outside our camp on the deck above Western Cobb's Cook Bay, sweeping over the water with our old Sears binoculars. The scoters, or scooters as they call them around here, were bobbing and diving, a pair of loons, hooted gently to each other. The gulls argued and the terns squabbled, while cormorants hung their wings out to dry under a warm blue sky, just beginning to be tinted with the colors of evening. All at once we became aware that the air was full of hundreds of dragonflies or, or, or darning needles darting and diving from near the ground all the way to treetop height as far as our binoculars could see. Every cubic yard of air, it seemed, had its own dragonfly. There was a moment of uneasiness at the seemingly unnatural numbers as though they were a threat to us. On the contrary, though, using their prodigious eyesight and uniquely adapted bodies, the darners were relentlessly preying upon the smaller flying insects, which prey upon us. Well, from where had they all come so suddenly, we wondered, Are they only here around our camp, or are they covering the whole neck or the whole county, for heaven's sake? Are there hundreds or millions of these brightly jeweled sky sweepers tonight? The aeronautical abilities of the dragonflies are awesome. They can hang in midair, stop and start in an instant, and make right-angle turns. And some claim that they can fly backwards, and for a moment or two it seemed that they did. They sparkle from head to tail with an astonishing beauty. Their elongated abdomens are colored bright topaz and blue edged with ebony where the segments join each other. The huge double wings are transparent and marked by black lines as if they were made of leaded glass with a hint of rainbow color. But the greatest jewels are their eyes. They are the largest eyes of any insect and wrap around the entire tw- top quadrant of the head to meet in the center. And these huge eyes are illuminated by a yellow-green light coming from within. Looking into them is like looking into two bright and glittering funnels, but with a diffuse darkness in the deep center. On the surface, these eyes are divided into countless facets like pixels, each of which represents a slightly different image of the doomed mosquito or midge or gnat which falls within its purview. The eye of the dragonfly sees not one or two, but hundreds of different images, thus seeing the whole at once. By seeing variously, it sees fully and truly. Such vision allows it to snatch its very life out of the thin air. I wish we could see so variously, so fully, and so truly, both without and within. Perhaps then we could make our living cleanly out of the thin air, as they do, without leaving waste behind. Here's a Critter of the Week for this week the ground squirrel and the morning dove who fed together under our bird feeder for quite some time the other day, a lo- sort of a tiny little peaceable kingdom. Every now and then they would raise their heads at the same time and startle each other momentarily, but then go back to their contented feeding. And finally, here are a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you this week. First from Charles Dickens. Nature gives to every time and season some beauties of its own, and from morning to night, as if from the cradle to the grave, is but a succession of changes so gentle and easy that we can scarcely mark their progress. And from Basho, the Zen poet, 1664 to 1694, Clouds come from time to time and bring a chance to rest from looking at the moon. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from us. Go out to the fair and see for yourself.